Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. You can call me the Mastodon. And I am Shane Marks. <laughs> I should have seen it coming. <laughs> Welcome to episode 185, WWF Monday Night Raw. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. That's pretty good. Yeah. I do what I do sometimes when I do stuff. So this was the 144th episode of Raw, produced by the WWF. It would take place on January 22nd, 1996, from the Stockton Memorial Civic Auditorium in Stockton, California, with an attendance of 2904, and a TV rating of 2.9. That's point two higher than Nitro was last week. Same week. Well, I mean, for, uh, us, for last us last, last week, week. Same day, but they're, what, two points ahead? The other one was 2.7? Is it 2.9? Yeah, they were yeah. 2.7. Or I guess point two. Point. Yes. Point two. Two full points. There would never be a war in the first place. <laughs> but we're in Stockton, California. Yeah, we are. So what deliciousness did Shane bring us this week? Well, you know, we, uh, we were in California not too long ago, and we got uh, one of their... Signature sandwiches, the French dip, and California actually has two signature sandwiches. That French dip that we had was fucking incredible, so I figured we'll just go ahead and continue on. Two weeks ago, because this is the day after the Royal Rumble. Mm. Yes. Ah, last time we were in California. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, California is also known for their Turkey Avocado Club. Lots of delicious avocados come from California, so they... uh, have a, a plethora of them available. Here in Oklahoma, you can't get a, a, an official California club, but you can get close to it. What I came up with here, I shouldn't say I, uh, I ordered it from Panera. It has kind of an Oklahoma twist to it, adding some bacon to it, giving it that little something extra. Turkey, bacon, avocado, some uh, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise. I think it would be good with some Swiss cheese on there too. Came with some potato chips, a pickle. I don't know about you guys. I've always been a put a chips on my sandwich kind of guy. Got to have that extra crunch. It's a good choice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I take a bite on microphone just because that's what I do. But, yeah, California, they're known for some delicious sandwiches. So I'm I'm hoping Panera can uh, compete with that hopscotch French dip because that was pretty fucking incredible. But let's see. It was pretty delicious. That was a good bite. That was a good bite. I always do Cal- like basically a California club or a big greasy Italian sandwich when I go sandwich. It's either the 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 lighter or the uh, just complete grease ball. <laughs> Pretty fucking tasty. Yes, it was. I throw some onions on there, maybe some cheese, but as is is good. Potato chips add that nice little super, crunchy texture. Super smooth. And you know, nothing like a nice thick piece of sourdough. Exactly. So something that would happen right around the same time as this Raw, the Golden Globes 
would air a couple days earlier. Oh, hey. And it would name English Patient as the drama film and Evita as the musical or comedy film of the year. Oh, the English Patient. When I hear English Patient, I just think of Seinfeld. Yep. That's just like, yeah. That's, that's like about all I know about the English Patient. Oh, Elaine. She hated that movie so much. Yeah, English Patient. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie as far as like cinematography and everything. Storyline is very slow, very kind of boring. It, it would not have been my, my choice for Best Picture. There was a lot of other things that were up against the English patient at that time, especially Oscar time. Uh, this was the year that you had Fargo. I believe you had Jerry Maguire. Trying to remember what else was around at that time. This was when a lot of your independent films were coming around. I don't think this was the year for Sling Blade. I might be wrong. Sling Blade might have been the year after, but English Patient, beautiful as far as the scenery and cinematography and costumes and and whatnot, but just kind of a boring movie. Evita. It was definitely a musical, not really a comedy. <laughs> I watched it in the theaters, and yeah, it it was a musical. I love musicals, but was, this one was just kind of... English Patient meh. would go on to win the Academy Award for Best Picture, but it beating out Fargo, Jerry Maguire, Secrets and Lies, Secrets and, Lies. and Shine. Yes, Jeffrey Rush and Shine. That's the name of it. I could not think of what the hell that one was called. Madonna also won... Uh, a Golden Globe for her performance in Evita. Evita, I've also never seen, but I remember the song because they played the music video all the time. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I don't. Yeah. There's another single, I think, too. I thought you're going. I thought you're going to go for it there for a second. Oh, I thought about it. I, I that ready. song gets stuck in my head all the time. I haven't heard it in like 20 years, <laughs> and it still pops in my head. So it stuck with me. Yeah, it. Uh, uh, I, I've watched a lot of musical movies, and I think Evita is. Lower Towards tier. the bottom of my my favorites list, it's a, um, it's a Lloyd Webber, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think so. English Patient also won Best Supporting Actress for Juliette Binoche. She snuck in there and snagged the Oscar from old Lauren Bacall for her. Oh, what was that movie? Prince of Tides? No. Was that what it was? Uh, I can't remember. No clue. Or maybe that wasn't Lauren Bacall that she beat. Maybe I think that was. Uh, it's the best actress. Marissa Tomei, uh, supporting actress. Oh, supporting actress. The it mirror has two faces. Joan Allen, Lauren Bacall, yeah, Barbara Hershey, Barbara Hershey, and Marianne Jean Baptiste. And uh, that's funny that I mean Barbara Hershey's great, but uh, <clears throat> Portrait of a Lady, well, not a very. Not a very compelling movie. I'm like literally looking at some of these Portrait movies of Lady that Empire. were nominated this year. For, I'm looking at the Academy Awards just yeah. to kind of see the overall, and I'm just like, this was a, not a fun year. For it was movies. not. It was not a blockbuster year. It was. In it Sling was Blade very and Fargo and very Jane independent Blair. driven. I mean, a lot of your independents that were on there: Sling Blade, amazing; Fargo, still one of my favorites; Secrets and Lies was a great movie; Shine was beautiful; you know, Jeffrey Rush. Because and... I'll be honest, I saw neither English Patient or Evita. Mm-hmm. 
like both of I'm them. I'm also not in I any just... hurry to uh, watch it. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, it's like I haven't seen English Patient, but I've seen uh, Portrait of a Lady, which is a movie that does not exist at all. Portrait of a Lady. No, not Nicole to be confused Kidman. with the good movie Portrait of a Lady on Fire. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, Portrait of a Lady. That's a Jane. Champion, Jane Campion movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's not her best. Yeah, that was her kind of next follow-up to The Piano, right? Yeah, it does not hold a candle to The Piano. No. <laughs> Much better movie. It doesn't hold a tune? doesn't hold a tune. <laughs> not next to The Piano. Well, enough about those two movies. And yeah. 96 movies in yes. general. Show me the wrestling. That's right. We get the WWF logo before a viewer discretion. Warning. Sunny is chalking a pool cue when she says Monday Night Raw contains action of a graphic nature before bending over to hit a pool shot. Yeah, and they're playing like uh, obvious uh, Chris Isaac ripoff music. Yes. Viewer discretion is advised. Mm. All the music they've been using in like wrestling, like. Promos and ads, like the the vignettes and stuff, has all been like Chris Isaac or like Ventures Pulp Fiction inspired stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and it's funny. And it's like, oh yeah, it totally makes sense to play some sexy Chris Isaac music while uh, you know Sonny stares into your eyes while rubbing a chalk on a pool cue. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they know their audience. Even the warning is sexy. <laughs> We then get a video package with highlights from the Royal Rumble with Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler narration. And tonight on Raw, the road to WrestleMania begins. But I thought it begins at the Royal Rumble. It started there. It's continuing. Uh, <laughs> I was surprised that even in the in the replay, they make sure to replay the gold dust woman who hasn't yet to be named Tongue Lick. I was like, Jesus, they really meant the warning. Yeah, just when you think you know the answers, gold dust changes the question. <laughs> and then we get the raw opening video before Vince welcomes us to the show, being joined by the King for commentary. And they hype up the matches for the sh- tonight's show when Jim Cornette has a mic in the ring. What does he Uh-oh. ask of the crowd? And he says he has the answer to what time it is with, it's, it's Vader, Vader time. Live long and prosper, brother. So our first match, Savio Vega versus Vader with Jim Cornette. And the Mastodon taunts Savio before they lock up. But then he just tosses him around the ring before delivering stiff shots in the corner. Vader misses an avalanche splash, allowing Vega to chop and thrust kick the Mastodon over the ropes to the floor. It's not Savio time. Only for Vader to land on his feet drag Savio out and hit a not-so-rubber-band slam across the railing. Back in the ring, we get more stiff shots and landing of the avalanche splash before connecting with a Vader bomb for the pin and And the win. Post-match, the Mastodon keeps up the punishment, hitting another Vader bomb on Vega before headbutting a referee. Vader then power bombs another referee who mm-hmm. runs in to try and calm everything down. So then President Gorilla Monsoon enters the ring. Don't do it, Gorilla. And Gorilla gets in the Mastodon's face, where he suspends Vader before throwing some chops as, mas- as the Mastodon keeps getting 
in his face. And they're like, I mean, I know Gorilla's a big dude, but yeah, he's like eye to eye with Vader. Looks equal in size and everything, so. Oh, what could have been if Gorilla was just a little younger? Or something. Monsoon then goes to check on one of the refs, but Vader decides that he's just going to hit an avalanche splash that knocks the president and the ref down. I mean, that's a wild choice, Vader, to attack Gorilla Monsoon. The Mastodon also connects with a Vader bomb on Gorilla before Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon run down to the ring to make the save. A little late there, fellas. A little late there. Just a little late, but you know. Perfect uh, for tension. Perfect timing for good television. I love how we've seen Vader in WCW where they use like the cables, and here in WWF they use like traditional ropes. And when Vader stands on those ropes, I'm like, ooh, those ropes look like they might go. (laughs) We are, uh, yeah, we are, yeah, those uh, ropes are about to get stretch marks. Yeah. I will give Vader some credit, though, because his avalanche splash on Gorilla, he protected him nicely. Oh, yes, he did. I was wor- I was scared watching Shot him. back a little oh. further so that you know it was more his chest landing on him, and he was able to be more Yeah, he kept his elbows on all fours in a way, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I, was, yeah I was appreciative of that, too, because I was like, ugh. We've seen Vader's rights to folks, um, rights and lefts, his, uh, you know, barrage of of uh, what I always call the, the Vader shoot blows. And uh, he was he was nice to Gorilla, as he should be. We go to a commercial, but when we come back, we see Monsoon being carried out on a stretcher as we see a replay of what just happened. And Vince then sends us to the back where Vader declares war on the WWF before starting to break stuff in his locker room. Beats up a trash can. I mean, at least... Like, Vader's here, and right now, outside of the Rumble, it seems like they're treating him correctly. He just made the president do a stretcher job. Like, that's... There's lots of heat behind him. Yeah, it seems like a solid fucking, you know... It seems like they're behind Vader. We'll see how far that goes. We then go to our second match. Hunter, Hurst, Helmsley, with Shea Marks, versus Razor Ramon. Can I ask about Shea Marks? You can. Is Shea Marks a, uh, st- stick around for a while, or is this just like... This is her only appearance. <laughs> okay, that's what, I, it's what it felt like. She was the May 1994 Playboy Playmate of the Month. Okay. Ah. And I guess They're just, they were like, ah, she's well, in yeah. town, sure, why yeah. not? It's like, well, we already have two, we added two hot chicks to the show recently, uh... Maybe we'll try out a third. Maybe she'll enjoy it. Maybe well, we can I would say this was the start of Hunter having oh, a lovely ladies. lady escorting him to the ring. I could be Most wrong, nights, but, but yeah. I know eventually he does get some lovely ladies to accompany him. Who One of them goes on to greatness for a little while in the WWF, but we'll get to her when she comes around. We then get highlights of Razor losing the Intercontinental Championship to Goldust. Tongue shot. Tongue shot again. And Vince sends us to the back for comments from the 123 Kid and Ted DiBiase, where they do an impression of Ramon calling the bad guy a crybaby, holding up a bottle and some diapers. Big old diaper, big old fake baby bottle. We get back to the ring and the match gets going. 
with Razor working the arm when Triple H ducks a right hand and gets in a few shots on Ramon. The bad guy retaliates with a clothesline in the corner, an atomic drop and a right hand, but then charges at Hunter, who pulls down the top rope to send Razor crashing out to the floor as we go to commercial. We come back to Triple H hitting a baseball slide on Ramon before attempting a vertical suplex, but they end up going back and forth, so Hunter is only able to lift high enough to crotch Razor on the ropes. Now Miss Marks has moved over to sitting next to Lawler, Uh so he begins to hit on her. I smell a future (laughs) ex-wife. As Triple H whips Razor into the corner multiple times, followed by a turnbuckle smash and a high knee lift to continue the punishment on the back. Hunter then hits a clothesline for a two count. Keeps up the attack with a series of boots and right hands to keep control before dropping with jabs and right hands. All of a sudden, one, two, three kid walks down to the ring and shoves that comically large baby bottle into Ramon's face. He may be hurt, but he's also got a foot on you, brother. The bad guy is pulled up to his feet by Triple H, and he shoves Hunter away, delivering several right hands to knock him down before giving chase to the kid around the ring to give a count-out victory to Triple H. Is one, two, three kid ever going to leave him alone? I feel like this has Probably been going in about a bit. three months or so. Okay. I feel like this has been going on for a while. Am I crazy? They feuded, yeah. and then they were partners, and mm-hmm. now they're feuding again. Mm-hmm. I mean, You've basically... Heel turn, face turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, at least one, two, three kids around. That's right. Post-match, Ramon rolls back into the ring to hit Hunter a few more times before attempting the razor's edge, only for Triple H to wiggle his way free, bailing out to the floor and to the back with Miss Marks. Yep, into the arms of his honey, his one-night honey. I do like the tease of, it's like, oh, we're gonna, he's going to give the crowd the razor's edge, and it's like, now Hunter gets away, which, you know, gives, a little, gives him a little bit more heat. Beautifully done. Especially considering 1-2-3 kind of stole it from him. And it's nice knowing you, Shay. We'll uh, see you never. Yeah, maybe I'll look up some photos of you later. <laughs> Her hairdo in this... It was very 90s. Like, it was very 90s, because if you look up some pictures of her, like, <laughs> it does not look the same. Oh, yeah, she's got uh, a little little feathered up. Little, little, there's some volume. Yes. Yeah. Some, some hairspray. Mm-hmm. Maybe some mousse. mousse. Yeah. We then go to... Billionaire Ted's wrestling war room. Hot diggity dog. And Ted's talking about buying old movies and old shows. And he's sick and tired of stealing stuff from the WWF. Let's come up with one original idea. His goons are thinking when Skeen Gene says he has an idea. But they need to call his hotline to find (laughs) out what it is. 1-900-SKEEN-GENE. So everybody pulls out their phones and starts to make the call. Then we come back to the arena. We see Doc Hendricks with the Raw Band. I never got to see the Raw Band. Um, I'm a little disappointed. The Raws that I went to didn't have a band. Yeah, was, are these are they just trying to like pull from like Saturday? I guess Saturday Night Live or any other late night show. Some entertainment yeah, in between matches. This, this was before. Yeah, before you had the 417 in studio commercials that you have to watch when you go and watch um, Raw or SmackDown nowadays. Yeah, it would have been great. We then get McMahon standing in the ring, and he introduces the Royal Rumble winner, 
Shawn Michaels. HBK comes out and he says the last thing he wants to say is, I told you so. Gloating like the son of a bitch that he is. He says it anyway. That's right. Before talking about a three-step program. Let's count these guys. Okay. One, win the Royal Rumble. Cap. Done. Two, win at WrestleMania. That's going to happen. But between now and then, it seems that the clique has some business they need to handle. Mentioning there is someone claiming that they took him out, only to credit nine thugs in Syracuse. But of course he's referring to Owen Hart when Jim Cornette walks down to the ring. And Corny tells Sean that if he wants Owen, that he has to talk to him about it. Followed by Vince asking Jim what he thought about Michaels eliminating Vader and Yokozuna the night before. Cornette basically says he doesn't want HBK putting his hands on any of his guys anymore. I know one already beat him. But if he wants Hart in the ring, he needs to put his title shot on the line. And there's a lot of him hawing like, oh, I've worked... I've worked 12 years yeah. for this. Cornet, I don't care about any of that. But finally, Sean agrees before tossing Corny over the ropes to the floor and doing some dancing for the crowd. I love that Jim Cornette says, if you're a chicken uh, squawk. Oh, what was it? Something about chicken. And then if you're a mouse squeak. Yeah. A good Cornyism. Yes. Yes. I can't remember the chicken part. Mouse squawk. <laughs> Mouse squeak, but you know, one of those good old, old Southern uh, sayings that uh, Corny is full of. Yeah, way better than you look prettier than a chicken fried steak. Definitely better than that. Jasmine here. <laughs> <laughs> we then go to commercial, but we come back with a video hyping up next week's Raw, where Diesel versus Bulldog, and Michaels versus Yokozuna. Huh? And then we get another shot of Doc in the Raw band, because, you know, got to fill time. Damn right. We then get our third match of Goldust with Marlena. She's got a name. Versus Brett, the Hitman Hart, for the WWF World Championship. And Vince sends it to Goldust, who's cutting a promo earlier in the day. Last night was an Oscar Award winning performance. But what should my next role be? Remember the name. Goldust. Back in the ring, Brett's taunted at first by the Golden One, which brings out a few derogatory chants from the crowd. And even uh, Jerry Lawler tells Vince McMahon not to be homophobic. I'm like, wow, Jerry Lawler? It's like, yeah. He he knows a word with that many letters in it? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Do it a thunk. Yeah. So this all continues as we head to commercial, but when we come back, the hitman has a hammerlock on, only to be backed into the ropes where Goldust lands some right hands before choking Hart. More punches and arm work from the Golden One when Brett fires up to toss Goldust to their floor as we go to another commercial. I know, they saved all the commercials for the last match. What's that? What the heck? We come back to the Golden One leaping off the top rope with a fist before going back to the arm work to keep control. When the Hitman escapes with some right hands and an eye rake across the ropes. Gold Dust recovers to take down Hart and attempt a figure four, only to be kicked off and out to the floor. 
The Golden One decides to leave when Razor Ramon comes out from backstage to deck Goldust and toss him back into the ring. Not getting away that easy. Nope. Allowing Brett to deliver a leg drop. The Hitman is laying it in with right hands as we get a third commercial. Only for Hart to leap off with a second rope clothesline as we come back. Brett then nails a Russian leg sweep and a sharpshooter for the submission. And, and the win. win. Our first gold dust loss. Yep. But he's still champion. Yeah, and he was champion versus champion. So, yeah. he, you know, of course, he's not beating Bret Hart on TV. Nope. Post-match, Vince enters the ring to interview the hitman. With him saying that the fans were robbed of a decision last night by Diesel. Hart continues by saying the Undertaker feels like he won. But I don't feel the same. But we might never know because of Big Daddy Cool. I'm so tired of I Diesel. I feel like Hart. Undertaker had him beat. Yeah. I have to agree. But Diesel will find out what he is all about. And he wants him in the cage. That means we don't have to ever see it again after that, right? The what? Brad and Diesel. No. <laughs> he might have a couple more. <laughs> Actually, what? Did he not know that Gorilla already made the cage stipulation? Like, <laughs> like he said it like he was announcing that, like, yeah, we're going to do it in a cage. Yeah. Maybe like, maybe he, but, maybe Gorilla did it on camera before Brett saw yeah. it. Caesar's Palace. <laughs> but Brett does assure Taker he will get a rematch at some point. The King then hypes up next week's Raw, which they're calling Super Monday. Because it's the Monday the after the Super Bowl. Ah. Saying there will be an exclusive press conference with billionaire Ted. Uh-oh. We then see a replay of Vader splashing Monsoon as McMahon says his goodbyes, and we fade to black. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Monday Night Raw? It, it was a little lackluster. I'm trying to think of the most memorable part from it and aside from you know there being playboy playmate of the month and some billionaire ted there wasn't really a whole lot that was happening I on mean, that show gorilla monsoon I mean yeah the gorilla monsoon thing it it peaked early and then it just was kind of blah from there I mean I think it's the vader monsoon thing that makes yeah. this show yeah yeah i think that, definitely i think it's a good show and there's good character work throughout and then wwf's much better at producing television show than wcw is i think that this show for considering the other one had two title changes this is a better episode of oh, television i think this is like a, a not a necessary watch but a like solid entertaining watch and uh you know Goldust and Bret Hart, they didn't have a classic, but for what it was, it was a solid match that shows, you know, Goldust being Goldust. I mean, I liked most of the segments. Yes. But the matches themselves, considering who were in those matches, they were. It, it, was, a, it was a little bit disappointing yeah. on that end. Yeah, yeah. The, totally better than Nitro was last week. And I mean, but, obviously, nah. throwing. Three commercials in Gold Dust and Heart. Just like every time the momentum started going in that match, it was like yeah, really. By going to a Talk about homophobic. You've got the the one bizarre one in the the match that has 
three commercial breaks because <laughs> you're trying to take them off the TV because you don't want to offend or scare people. The uh, but the thing is, is that's what they want to do. It's like they're basically like I know those chants are gross and lame, but that's what they're looking for. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what they're asking for. Uh, so they're doing it right, whether that's uh, you know a good thing or a bad thing. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. Any best moments of this show for you? I mean, we talked about it. Yeah. Marlena has a name. Yeah. Vader and Monsoon. Sonny's intro was very fun. I was like, oh, we are, we've been, we've been slowly getting sleazy and we got sleazy. We added another lady for Hunter, even though it was only one night. Marlena's got a name. They made sure to uh, get some uh, legs and, uh, you know, Come on, guys. breasts. Live band. Comically large baby bottle. Comically large baby bottle. I found that a little too corny, but, you know, we already had, we already had one corny on the show. Yes. <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah, I'm kind of just like not, I would say I'm not excited about Brett and Diesel in a cage. I don't know how many people are. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've said before that you know Brett and Diesel they they put on a good show typically, but I'm I'm ready for some some new competition in the Espe new generation. Especially with their last match being the best one they've had, I'm like, are they gonna do better in a cage? And last time they were like doing the they like had to pull out like a tying Diesel up with a cable to make it interesting and it worked it was smart and it yeah. worked really well but it's like what the hell are you going to do in a cage yep we'll find out how about most disappointing I mean that we literally had gold dust and heart commercial and after commercial after commercial triple H versus razor like these are four guys that we know can work mm -hmm. and that these matches were just kind of like kind of going through the motions a little bit they were yeah. very uh, like like house show but with an angle kind of thing, where it's like, oh, well, he's in the house, you get a finish. <laughs> but like I said, it's a good, there was good character work throughout. So, yeah. but the matches were not what shined. The character work is what shined. Yeah. At least it wasn't nothing. Whereas we've seen some stuff where uh, the character work isn't good and the match is uh, not, good not good either. So, you know, I'll take one or the other. And then, of course, you know, the match might not be exciting, but the actual work in the in the match was done to a quality level. Best performer of the night? It's Gorilla for me. Yeah. He took those those two blows like yeah. a champ. Yeah, and then Vader ripping up his uh, room was nice. It's like, oh, yeah, he looks scary. He's just throwing trash cans all around. Yeah. Jim Cornette, of course, always good on the mic. Him yelling at Shawn Michaels uh, with intensity. But that's what he is paid to do. I'll give a shout out to the Raw Band because you know the little bits we saw of them they Doc sounded Hendricks. they sounded pretty damn good. Yeah, it it would have been nice to see them at one one yeah. show that I had gone to just as something different. That sweet saxophone. Nice little change up. Yeah. Marlena has a name. Marlena I mean, it had to have it eventually. Yeah. Most surprising, Marlena now has a name. Which <laughs> literally, the day after she didn't have a name, I actually never knew that there was a Raw Band. So that was actually a surprise for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never knew there was a Robin either. I was like, huh, weird. I wonder how long that existed. I mean, the whole, I mean, I keep going back, but the whole gorilla thing, I mean, it's what makes the show, but it's also 
this is the first time you've really had a like head of the yeah head of the company or yeah. whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, he was retrogradely attacked by you know, preceded Austin and McMahon. Yeah. That whole kind of angle thing to just build instant heat on someone pushing pushing him up to the top of the car, oh, yeah. basically. Honestly, yeah, that and then makes the surprise of like, oh, they put out Vader and Yoko at the same time, like kind of unceremoniously at Royal Rumble. And like, I feel like they're kind of writing that wrong by having Vader do a stretcher job on Grill Monsoon. So it's like, yeah, sorry, maybe we already have our uh, Royal Rumble figured out. We're just going to have you and Yoko go out at the same time. Not competitively, like somebody just came in and lifted your ass out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll immediately make up for it by uh, making you the the meanest and most like un like sympathetic heel in the on the whole roster in you know one night. Oh yeah, I mean you just went after everybody's favorite uncle or grandpa or dad or yeah. whatever you know, and no and, yeah and gorilla monsoon you find somebody that has anything bad to say about gorilla monsoon and uh, i'll find you somebody who's not my friend <laughs> <laughs> making their way to the ring it's trivia time oh shit what do we got this week we got us a new category this week oh it's called tiktok I don't have the app. It doesn't have anything to do with dancing. <laughs> That's good. So, I'm going to give you a match. Okay. And you're going to guess how long that match was. Oh, interesting. Oh. And whoever is closest, and you can if you go over, go under, it's whoever's closest. It's not Price is Right. Not yeah. Price is Right. That's not very fair. Because since it's a time, it's that's a little bit more difficult. To do. Yeah, yeah. But five points. For whoever is closest. This is interesting. Mm. So, I would suggest writing your answers down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, I was going to enter them on my phone. Since yeah, I'm going to just hand. open up my calculator and type in a number. So, the match for this week okay. is Shane Douglas versus Two Cold Scorpio at the NWA ECW World Title Tournament. How long did that match go? Shit. Is that 95? Beginning of 95? 94. Mm. And these times come from Wikipedia, so... Give or take. Shane Douglas, Two Cold Scorpio, NWA World Title Tournament thingy? Yep. Okay. And this is just the match time, not so it doesn't include the promo that Shane does afterwards or anything like that. It's... Okay, that's yeah. what I was going to ask. This was the, the finals, official right? official match time. Yeah, bell to bell. Um, if they even use bells. <laughs> but, you know, I got you. We'll go with... Okay. Shane's locked in. I'm locked in, too. Let's see those numbers. What do we got? Michael's going with 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Oh. Shane's going with 11 minutes and 14 seconds. That's actually really good, guys. Because it's... 12 minutes on the dot. So Michael gets Michael the got five it. points. By like legitimately uh, 16. It would have been, it would have been, it would have been you, we would have been tied. We would have got 2.5 points each. 
nice. That was that's a kind of a fun one. Yeah, it's like hmm, like I don't remember that match very vividly, but I'm like, well, I know they didn't go over 15. Yeah, and, and I, that's uh, my thought was, yeah. I know it wasn't a 20 minute. Yeah, I know it was more than 10. What the hell was it? Yeah, there's no like under 10 would have been ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, was a fun one. Nice little category there. And he's gonna do like like a Survivor Series match. We're gonna be like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's like the tag team one with 20 people on each side. Like, I don't know. It was the whole show. That's what it felt like. Six minutes. <laughs> Next week. Hey, we've done two TV shows in a row. Why not one more? Or let's do a trilogy. ECW Hardcore TV from January 30th, 1996. Uh, I was really hoping you are going to say this one was on January 22nd also. No. No, not, not <laughs> It could have been recorded then. Very know, possible. Some of it. I mean, you know how the hardcore TVs are. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, re, re- Not live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the hardcore TVs are never live. I mean, They're they always pro- recorded from something that happened previously. They probably did like two shows, three shows a week and just, you know, edited it all together. Oh, shit. That means we're going back to Philly. We are going back to Philly, yes. Woo! Retired bit. But... The music from this week's show is the Raw theme song by Jim Johnston. And Bret Hart won our main event, so we play his theme music, Heart Attack, also by Jim Johnston. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. Do as Michael says. Five stars or no stars. Don't waste your time. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns... Philly ideas, Philly food ideas, Philly drink ideas, Philly snack ideas. We should do a like a cream cheese month where we just make different stuff out of cream. We know it's Philly, <laughs> Philadelphia cream cheese and cream cheese and yeah. from Philadelphia, but you know, yeah, we got we got to start gimmicking it. It's it's just Philadelphia and name alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to come up with some some different twists for these Philly things because of the amount of times we've been there. So we'll what see you what should happens. do is just pass it off. Be like, all right. Matt, you have the next Philly show. Michael, you have the next Philly show. Just to give yourself a break. I like where you're thinking. Oh, cheesesteaks every week. Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Woo! If you have any of those ideas, you can always email us those at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. L-A-T-E-R-Z. Laters. <laughs>